Angeles Light Church, it's so good to see you. We're so glad to be gathering with you for uh, Sunday service once again. You know, this is one component of our church, but it's a really important uh, component. I wanna introduce myself. My name is Brandon Richardson. I'm one of the lead pastors here at Slate Church alongside my beautiful wife, Emma, and we pastor alongside Luke and Victoria Bedger. It is our honor to pastor this church, especially in this season. We love everybody on the other side of this screen. We're so excited to worship with you this morning. Uh, just so you're aware, we're gonna have some worship, uh, some, uh, some announcements, a great message. I'm really excited for it. And we'll close in some prayer today. Really excited about that. If you're just tuning in for the first time or uh, you've been holding out on us and haven't gotten connected yet, right before we even get started, we would love to point you towards our website, slatechurch.com. You can fill out an online connect card there and we'd love to connect with you. The other way is just to follow us on social media. So even before we get started today, why don't you go do that? And right now we're going to head into worship. Let's pray. God, be with us today as we worship. We're so thankful for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Step out of the shadows. Step out of the grave. Break into the wild. And don't be afraid Run into wide open spaces Graces waiting for you Dance like the weight has been lifted Graces waiting With the Spirit of the Lord is There is freedom, there is freedom Where the Spirit of the Lord Spirit is here, let there be free. 
And the dead rose from their tombs And the angels stood in
I'm so thankful to still be able to worship with you in this season. Thank you to all of our creative team and our worship team for faithfully serving during this time. Right now, we're going to head into prayer and praise, and we're going to lift up all the prayer requests and praise reports that have come in over this past week in our church. These are prayer requests and praise reports that have come from our church. If you want to submit a prayer request or a praise report yourself, you can go to slatechurch.com prayer and uh, submit it there through our online uh, prayer and praise card. We would love to pray alongside you. We would love to celebrate alongside you what God is doing in your life. Today we are going to be praying uh, for someone who has lost their co-op job for the summer due to COVID as they continue to search for a new one. We're praying for someone struggling with mental illness with no way to leave the house to do the things that bring them happiness uh, as they used to. We're praying for someone as their mom has become verbally abusive during this uh, season, uh, during quarantine. We're praying for families that are in need of extra love, patience, and support in this season. We're praying for someone's uh, husband, that they would be granted admit, admittance to a master's program. We're praying for God's protection, a continued protect, protection over a baby with heart problems. And we're praying that a friend would be able to access the mental health resources that they need and support they need during the season. If you have a prayer request of your own right now, and maybe it wasn't submitted this past week, why don't you just raise up a hand? And if you have faith today that God is going to move on behalf of all these prayer requests, why don't you just reach your other hand out towards the screen as we begin to pray? Jesus, 
we know that while we pray in generalities right now, because there are so many prayer requests and praise reports that have come in over this past week, we know that you see the specifics and we know that you see the, the situations and most, and most importantly, God, we know that you see the individual. God, we are praying for provision. We are praying for healing. We are praying for miracles. And we are praying that you would show up in these circumstances and reveal yourself to us as our powerful, loving Father. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we want to thank God for all that he has been doing in this season. And so just a few of the praise parts that have come in. Someone is thanking God uh, that they have been able to connect with our church during the season after relocating to the U.S. I love that. Someone is thankful for healing, restoration, and a softened heart in a situation where there was so much pain and hurt. Someone else is thankful for financial blessing. Isn't that encouraging while so many of us are praying to God for that? Someone is thankful that a baby who is in need of heart surgery has been protected by God while surgeries are delayed due to COVID-19. And that even though they need the surgery, the older the baby is, the better the outcome. What an incredible praise report uh, to, to celebrate and rally around today as a church. Again, I want to remind you, if you have a praise report, it's so important to be thanking God in this season, reminding ourselves of all of his blessings or a prayer request in this season. You can go to slatechurch.com prayer so that we can pray alongside you. Not only do we pray on Sundays for a few of the prayer reports and lift them all up to God, but we also pray for these on Thursday mornings from 6.30 to 7.30 over a Zoom call. You can get all of the information on our website. And also it would be really, uh, really important for you to uh, follow us on social media at Slate Church. And so make sure that you find us there. Hey, isn't it great that we are still meeting today on Sundays? Whether you are uh, watching on demand on YouTube after a Sunday is already over, or you're watching right now live with a bunch of other people in our church. One of the things I love the most about this platform that we've changed to uh, on Sundays is that little view count that you see up in the corner. Maybe it's this corner. I'm not sure what corner it is for you. Represents not just people, but families that are tuning in right now. Our church has grown exponentially in this season, and we're thankful for every Every single person individual on this side of every screen listen we know that there are families and couples and friends watching together over this platform we're so thankful for you so right now why don't you take some time if you're uh, in a room with other people just to say good morning maybe you forgot to say that because it's early um, or maybe you're by yourself or maybe you're together and you need to send a text message right now just take a second and do that because we want to make sure that we uh, maintain uh, communication during the season. It's not social distancing, it's physical distancing. So send a message, send a text, make a, a note in your phone to call somebody this week. Uh, make sure that we are still being the church. Isn't that awesome? I'm gonna turn it over really quick because we have a generous church in this season. We wanna thank you for that. And we wanna to continue to encourage ourselves in generosity. I'm gonna turn it over to Pastor Emma to encourage us in our generosity. You know, about six months ago, I was getting ready with our three young children to go out and do a particular activity that we had planned for that day. And my oldest child, she just did not want to go. She didn't want to get going. She didn't want to come with. And really, we saw kind of a full out tantrum take place. And I was in that place. Parents, I'm sure you can uh, relate to this where I was like, 
is this even worth going? Is this even, should we even go? I was kind of at the end of my rope. And so I called up Brandon, I called up my husband. I'm like, do you think I should even go? Like, this is chaos, this is craziness. What do you think? And he uh, responded back with such a wise answer. He's like, what a great opportunity to teach these kids about commitment. And so we got in the van and we got going and all the way there, I started to teach and talk about with Kenzie this idea of commitment, what it means to do the things that we have committed to doing, to, that we have set out to do, that we said that we would do. You know, I was thinking about finances this week and how for some of us, the idea of actually making a commitment with our finances to give back to God out of what he has given to us is the thing we want to avoid the most. We, we can give from time to time, maybe we give on a special occasion, but to actually commit to doing that on a regular basis is a challenge for us. Maybe you've actually committed to doing that and actually following through on that commitment when you don't feel like it, you just feel like, ah, today's not the day, this isn't the month, this isn't the season that I need to commit in. Maybe it's been really challenging for you to actually push through and commit. It can even sometimes feel like, does it really matter if I give? Does it matter? I mean, so many other people are giving. Is it gonna make any difference if I give or not? You know, it says in Luke chapter 12, there's this parable of this rich fool that's taking place here. And, and, and this man comes to Jesus and says, hey, divide up this inheritance. How do I, how do I handle this? What does this look like? And Jesus' response in verse, er, chapter 12, verse 15, says, then he said to him, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. You know, church, we need to be on guard against all kinds of greed, even the greed that is just being avoidant of actually being committed to our finances and giving those back to God. Sometimes that's actually the greed taking place in our heart. If I just avoid this, if I just kind of set this aside, if I just don't look at this or really notice this, if I just get distracted during any type of uh, moments where we talk about finances, then I, I'll just, I'll be okay. But what would it look like to actually make a commitment today and say, I'm going to follow through on that commitment. I'm not going to have greed in my life. I'm not going to be avoidant around my finances, but I'm going to commit to God because this is who it's about. It's not about me. It's not about Slate Church specifically. It's a commitment to God to say, I am going to be faithful to you with what you have given to me. So I just want to encourage you with that today, church. Let's be committed. Uh, let's learn that today. Let's grow in that today in our finances. Listen, there's many ways that you can give. They're going to pop up here in just a moment. Uh, feel free to do that. And uh, I I'm just going to pray today for our finances. God, I thank you so much that we get to give, Lord. And I just pray that um, we would have a, a spirit of commitment when it comes to our giving towards you, that we'd be committed to it, that we would do it joyfully, that we would do it with gladness, God, because of so much that you have given to us, Jesus. To, today, we just release this back to you. Do what only you can do with the finances uh, that come in at this church. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey Slate Church, hope you guys are doing well today. Welcome to Church Online. Look, one of the things that we're doing in this, uh, this season is highlighting some of the stories in our church. And so we've got a couple here with us today. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves real quick. How's it going Slate Church? I'm Brad. I'm Ashley. We have our beautiful daughter Grace and we've got a second one coming due in November. Growing family. <laughs> oh good, so good. And I forgot to introduce myself. I'm Jared, I'm one of the site pastors uh, 
at Slate. But I wanted to ask you guys a little bit, tell me a bit about, uh, you know, your life and your relationship with God kind of uh, growing up a bit. Yeah. Um, so growing up, um, I was pretty distant from God. Uh, I didn't really have um, much in the way of a loving perspective of who God was. Um, he was sort of a, you know, holding up to the standards or living up to the standards of God. That's that's what the relationship with God was to me. After high school, uh, that's when Ash and I met, and uh, her grandparents uh, played a huge role in my faith. Actually, they uh, helped me out. They gave me some resources. It, it at least gave me uh, a place to start and slowly grow over our relationship. And uh, I began to get my hope back, and joy came back into my life. And uh, peace, sense of peace, that was, I was so restless uh, in my younger years, trying to figure out what life is about and where I'm going and am I at the right place at the right time and am I doing the right things, to find out later on that uh, that was, that's God's purpose, that's God's plan, he's, he's got all the answers, that, that lit me up and I, uh, at that point, uh, we were living in Ottawa and we were making the moved to Waterloo here and it was that moment that was the, the peak of my of my relationship with God at that point to say I'm either in or I'm out and making this move it's the scariest thing I'm doing right now with my life never done anything like this before I'm in let's go I, I it was an emotional night it was a quick move and God's gentle voice just kept saying you know trust me trust me trust me and uh, with a lot of tears shed, uh, it was no looking back at that point. It was one of the best decisions I've ever made. And for me, it was uh, that joy you see on his face right now. Is, uh, that's what brought me to, to Christ and wanting to know more about him. Um, just seeing the sheer excitement. Woke up one morning and I think we've talked about faith, but it was never really in-depth conversation. So to like wake up one morning and just find Bible verses all over my apartment, you know, on the front door, on the kitchen cover. Like that was, and just seeing the smile on his face that you just couldn't take away no matter what. I just wanted to find out what that was. So we started watching a few sermons at home, um, but it just wasn't enough. We knew we needed more and we started looking for churches and Slate is the biggest change of our life. That for me is, is my pivotal moment. Um, we found Slate, we were greeted by like the friendliest faces. Of course, Julie was one of the first faces we saw. Just a sheer bundle of joy. And every single person after that you that you bumped into, right? The sitting down to the pastors on the stage, the the worship team. Just everybody's so happy. And it was just a room full of people that had this excitement Brad had. And I wanted to be a part of that. Um, and from there we got baptized, I think it was two weeks later. Yeah. And it was the second my feet hit the tub, I told God I was all in. And that is where I never looked back. We've joined host teams since then, joined Connect Group. It's been amazing. Wow. And yeah, honestly, we're so grateful to have you guys a part of this church, part of this community. Some of the best encouragers in our church, and I know Beth and I have been blessed to build a friendship with you. Um, what would you tell somebody that's, you know, maybe wrestling in their relationship with God or looking to take their next step in their walk with Him? Um, definitely go all in. Um, he accepts you as you are. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have the right degree, the right career, the right 
family that you've grown up in, he accepts you um, just as you are. And just commit that, commit yourself to him and, and he'll, he'll be your light. Powerful. Hey, thank you guys so much for uh, sharing your story. I know that I'm encouraged by it and I'm excited to see uh, how other people are going to grow just from hearing this. So thanks again, guys. Last week, we updated you on our Heart for the House. Heart for the House for us as a church is once a year, we give above and beyond our regular giving. Tithe is just an expectation from God. It's, it, it's existed there as long as humanity. Um, but when it comes to above and beyond giving, uh, we let people know last week. So we just want to let you know again, in case you didn't uh, tune in last week for whatever reason, that we are moving Heart for the House. We're postponing it to a future date. We haven't set another date, but we really believe this is a time for you to um, save your money and make sure that your bank account has some extra money in it. If you're planning on giving to Heart for the House and you still want to do so, of course, we're not going to tell you you can't. Um, but maybe you just want to take that amount and even just uh, put it in your account and earmark it for a later date or give it now. Whatever you choose to do, we just want to let you know that we are postponing it. Uh, amidst, amidst that, we also want to let you know an update on Kingdom Carriers. Kingdom Carriers is something that we started as a church for people that are both interested in investing and investing in God's kingdom mission here on earth financially. And so if you believe you have the gift of investment on your life and you're thinking, hey, this is something that um, you know I feel like I'm blessed with or I think in terms of investing when it comes to finances or I just, I'm interested in giving above and beyond regularly uh, throughout my life. If that's you, and you're just wondering, maybe Kingdom Carriers could be uh, suited for me. Uh, we would love to invite you to a Kingdom Carriers event that we are actually hosting on May 23rd from 11 to 12. It's going to be over a Zoom call. We're going to have a special guest joining us. Really excited about this. But we actually believe in this season, it's still an opportunity for us to grow our Kingdom Carriers group of people. Listen, it's for anybody. The invitation is open. Uh, we would love to see you there. Uh, you can get more information at slatechurch.com slash kingdom carriers. Again, it's going to be a Zoom call. And uh, during the season, we're going to figure out how we continue to grow that team because truthfully, people with an investment uh, mindset during the season are still thinking that way, regardless of the season that we find ourselves in. So uh, we want to actually be able to still um, speak to that and to be able to continue to gather that group together. Um, and so we're really looking forward to that. If you're already a part of it or you're interested in being a part of it, uh, make sure you tune in, uh, tune in on May 23rd. That's a Saturday from 11 to 12, the Zoom link will be at slatechurch.com slash kingdom carriers. All right, we're really excited about that. Listen, during this season, one of the things that's been so exciting to see is people leaning into digital connect groups. We would love for these to be in person, but they can't be. And so they're uh, they're gathering digitally. We've been seeing people gather from all over the world in our connect groups. But one thing we've also been seeing is people gathering locally. But ju because just because we're in the same city doesn't mean that we're connecting. Um, so make sure you take advantage of this. Uh, we would love to invite you to join a connect group. An easy way to do this is to find our connect card at slatechurch.com and we would love to get you into a digital connect group. Every week, people are joining 
in big numbers. It's really, really encouraging. I think the longer this thing goes on, the more people realize, hey, I need this consistency in my life. I'm personally thankful for my connect group. You know who you are. Thank you for helping me during this season. We're a bunch of families that are supporting one another. And uh, I know that you'll benefit from this. So listen, this isn't us wanting something from you. This is for you. You need to get yourself in a connect group. And I know that a connect group would love to have you. So make sure you're doing that. We have a whole bunch of things happening throughout the week here at Slate Church on Tuesdays and Fridays. We have worship uh, happening on our Instagram. We have prayer mornings on Thursday morning, 6.30 to 7.30. We have from the couch, something that is uh, growing. You know, a lot of people are tuning in uh, every week where on Wednesday nights, eight to about 8.30, us as lead pastors, we just have a candid conversation. There's a lot of stuff happening like that. And listen, we just want to make sure that you are following us on social media to make sure that you're not missing out. This is a time where we can actually be the church and experience church in a whole bunch of different ways. And so we would love to um, uh, invite you into that. Uh, we also have a really, really, really cool kingdom, uh, not kingdom cares, a city impact update to give you. We're not going to give it to you this week. We'll give it to you next week. But as a church, your generosity is going to something really, really exciting. I'm really excited to uh, update you on that. Without further ado, I'm really excited. Um, I know where this uh, message was birthed out of. Uh, I'm so excited. I, I haven't heard it yet, but I know that you're going to benefit from it. Uh, so I'm going to pass it over to Pastor Luke. Why don't we get our hearts ready to receive what God is about to speak to us? Pastor Luke, over to you. Well, hey, church, I hope you're doing well. It's so awesome to be with you today. And I'm excited to be able to preach to you. I'm really believing that God is going to speak to you through his word today. And so we're going to begin today by reading the Bible. And so why don't you turn with me in your Bible to John 8, verse 12. We're going to read this and we're going to read one more passage of scripture as well. And then we're going to get into it today. But John 8, verse 12 says this. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Matthew 5 verse 14 to 16 says this, you are the light of the world. This is Jesus speaking to people. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. Amen. I love this passage of scripture. If you're taking notes today, you can go ahead and you can title this message, Shine. Go ahead and write that down, shine. Why don't we pray and we're gonna unpack what this means for us today. Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are at work in our church. Father, we just pray that you would speak to us today. Speak to us through your word. Uh, Jesus, I just pray that we would be encouraged today, that we would be filled with hope, and that we may have been feeling one kind of way before we began this service. But Jesus, I just pray that after this, we'll be so full of peace and joy and hope and ready for whatever this week brings. We love you and we thank you. And everybody said, amen, amen. 
Amen. Amen. You know, it's our prayer as lead pastors at Slate Church that we would be a church that shines the light of Jesus into the world around us. That wherever we go and whatever we do, we would be people who shine the light of Christ. That especially in a time like this, where the world seems to be really shrouded in, in, in the darkness of uncertainty and the darkness of fear and anxiety that are attached to COVID-19, that we would be people who shine the light of Jesus into any and every dark situation that we might come up against. You know, we have a light and we're going to let it shine. Every day, it seems that we're bombarded with headlines and news stories about difficult things that our world is facing. And understandably so, there are difficult things that we need to be made aware of in this time. But there are also a whole lot of great things that are happening in our world at this time that sort of get buried underneath of those things. There are all kinds of amazing stories about ordinary people who are doing some pretty extraordinary things, making the world a better place at this time. For instance, uh, there's a six-year-old boy named Callahan McLaughlin. He lives in British Columbia, and when his plans of a springtime lemonade stand were thwarted, thwarted by the rise of coronavirus, he was not dismayed. Instead, he pivoted his idea to spread joy in the community by opening a drive-by, walk-by joke stand where he's making people laugh while maintaining physical distancing. It's an incredible thing. He's spreading joy in his community. In fact, get this. He told uh, the CBC News, uh, and by the way, remember that this is a six-year-old who gave this statement. He said, there's a lot of stress in the world, and I kind of want to get some smiles on people's faces. I think it's amazing. What a, what a great initiative of this six-year-old boy. There's also the story uh, of the Irish prime minister who before being prime minister was a doctor. Well, in this season, he has re-registered as a doctor with the National Health Service in order to offer his help in the fight against COVID-19. But perhaps the best story that I've heard in a long time is about a 99-year-old British World War II veteran whose name is Captain Tom Moore. Uh, Tom Moore, he set out to raise uh, the equivalent of about 2,000 Canadian dollars for healthcare workers by walking 100 laps of his garden before his 100th birthday. Well, within days, he smashed through that goal. In fact, in the first week of raising funds for the National Health Service, he raised more than $4 million to help frontline workers who are battling COVID-19. What an incredible thing. Well, today, in fact, this day that we are recording this sermon is his 100th birthday. What a cool thing. And this was the goal date for him to raise $2,000 to go towards the National Health Service in the United Kingdom. Well, today on his 100th birthday, he has raised more than $46 million to go towards the, the fight against COVID-19. $46 million. What an incredible thing. There's petitions going around that he should be knighted. He's been having phone calls with, uh, with the royal family in England. It's an unbelievable, unbelievable story. What a cool thing that has happened. And I don't know about you, but I absolutely love 
these kinds of stories. And what is it that we love about these stories? Is it because they offer us an escape from what's going around us, uh, going on around us? I mean, perhaps. Do we love these stories because it shows what can happen when, when we as humans unite around a cause? Yeah. But maybe more than anything, I think the reason that we love these kinds of stories is because they act as a flashlight and illuminate a dark situation. And as humans, we crave the light. And I began this sermon by reading a passage from the Gospel of John, John 8, verse 12. And I love that Jesus speaks this incredible, it makes this incredible statement where he says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. That means that there's no other light. Jesus is the light of the world. You know, there's no Ikea lamp that you can buy and assemble that is going to light up your life the way that Jesus can. Jesus is the light of the world. He is the source of light in our world. He's like the sun. It shines bright. It brings life and illumination to darkness, to shadows, uh, to our lives. You know, too often we try to find other sources of light in our lives, don't we? we? We look for something else and we pursue an artificial light. Sometimes we pursue the artificial light of self-righteousness. We pursue the artificial light uh, of gossip. We pursue the artificial light of control in our lives. And we think that we're going to be able to light our own path forward. You know, it's like we're walking down the path of our life and we're going along and we're distracted all of a sudden by the dim glow of a, a dingy, artificial neon light that we see in our peripheral vision. And all of a sudden we see that and we're drawn to it off the path that God has for us. And we're drawn to this artificial light, the artificial light uh, of sin, the artificial light of lust, the artificial light of empty promises of the world, the artificial light of success as defined by the world. And we turn off the path that God has for us and we follow that down a dark alleyway that leads to sin in our lives. Meanwhile, the true light of Jesus is waiting to be experienced. His light is not just exclusive to a few people, but his light is for everyone. You know, it's not Jesus who withholds his light from us. It is us who pull down the blinds of his light in our lives. You know, I really believe that today it's time to lift the blinds in your life and experience the true light of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I, I am the light of the world. And then he says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You know, as we walk with Jesus, we shall not experience the darkness of an identity based on what that person told you when you were growing up. You shall not experience the darkness of what was or was not done to you by that person while you were growing up. You shall not Experience the darkness of feeling less than and feeling not good enough and feeling insignificant or not smart enough. No, no, as you follow him, you shall not experience the darkness of uncertainty of where you are or the anxiety of where you are going. No, as you follow him, you know who you are. You know that your identity is in Christ. You are not walking blind in the darkness of unbelief, but you are walking confidently, head held high by the light of life with Christ. Jesus is the light of the world. It is a glorious, it is a triumphant light. If you follow him now, you will live every day in that light, starting today. 
Listen, it's true that his light will reveal sin in our lives. That's a true thing. But even that we need to be thankful for because his light revealing our sin is like receiving an early diagnosis of a disease that is totally treatable. He will light the way by which you see all things, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It will change the way you see the mountaintops. It will change the way you see the valleys. It will change the way you see the people who are easy to love in your life and the people that are hard to love in your life. Everything changes when we view the world according to the light of Christ. Even suffering, even sickness, even disease, even pandemic, even the way that we see the world in this moment as it's struggling and fighting against the pandemic that is coronavirus looks different according to the light of Jesus. His light helps us beat sorrow. It acts as a warm glow to comfort us in our mourning. It is a lamp to our troubled path. It reveals the loving face of God even behind every difficult day until the day comes where his light does away with sickness and pain and death and sin once and for all. And so let us remember the words that Jesus speaks later in the, in the Gospel of John, in John 12, verse 36, where he says, Believe in the light while well, you have the light, so that you may become children of light. You know, I really believe that as we believe in the light of Jesus, we become children of that light. We are adopted into the family of his light, and that light never goes out. You know, even at the moment of death, where the world likes to say the lights go out, for us who have received that light, your spirit at that moment will be coming alive to the reality of the light of heaven. Come on, this is good news, church. This is worth celebrating today. Let us become children of light that we may shine the light of Jesus to the world around us. But how do we do this? How do we become children of light? How do we shine our light to the world around us? How, how do we do that? I want to very quickly give you three ways in which we become children of light and, uh, and how we shine the light of Jesus to the world around us. The first thing that we need is confrontation. Everybody say confrontation, wherever you are, confrontation. Write that down in your notes. You know, confrontation is not a word that we like to hear, is it? But every now and then in our lives, uh, at some point or another, something will happen that will confront certain areas of our lives that we don't like to look at. And every now and then, uh, perhaps it will be through scripture. Maybe it will be through worship. Maybe it will be through prayer. Maybe it will be through another person. That happens to me all the time where you are confronted uh, in those areas of your life where you don't look a whole lot like Jesus. You know, these places where we are not like Christ are what uh, the Christian writer Robert Mulholland calls our points of unlikeness. Those places in our life where we are not very Christ-like are points of unlikeness to Jesus. Maybe for you, that point of unlikeness is pride. Maybe that point of unlikeness is anger. Maybe that point of unlikeness is contempt for others. Or maybe it's an unwillingness to surrender control or it's self-righteousness. Or maybe it's a Christian cocktail of all of those things together. I don't know what that point of unlikeness might be in your life. But as humans, there are certainly areas of our lives where we are not very much like Jesus. Areas that we try to keep hidden from the light of Christ. 
for fear of exposing the reality of who we might be in some of those hidden places. It's not a nice feeling, but it's a necessary unveiling if we want to be children of the light. We can't surrender only a part of our lives to God. We can't say, God, take my whole life except leave me jealousy. We can't say, God, take everything except leave me lust. I, I, I want to I continue on in that way. No, we need the light of Christ to infiltrate all dark areas of our lives so that we can become more like Jesus. You know, recently, Victoria and I, um, we had some plumbing issues in our house. Our kitchen sink was backing up. We didn't know what was going on. And so I got on the phone and, and called our plumber, who's also known as Dad. <laughs> so I called Dad and, and he came over and we were trying to figure out what was going on. We were fixing the problem. And by uh, my saying we were fixing the problem, what I really mean is he was fixing the problem and I was handing him the tools that he needed to fix the problem. But we were able to figure out that the problem was a clogged pipe in the basement, pipe that was supposed to run uh, and go to the sewer, and it was a clogged pipe. And so we sawed into this clogged pipe, and all of a sudden, you got to know, Victoria and I, we live in a pretty old house. It was built in the early 50s. All of a sudden, we sawed open this old pipe that was clogged, and coming gushing out of this pipe was years worth of buildup of dirt and grime and rotten food. And it was the most disgusting smell that you can possibly think of. It was absolutely horrible. It comes out of this. We're trying to catch it in buckets. We've got buckets. We're trying to, we're trying to catch this disgusting uh, stuff that's pouring out of here. It's like dripping on our heads. Uh, I'm about to puke. The smell is like, I'm like gagging. It, this stuff is dropping onto the floor. It looks like somebody has puked all over the floor of the basement. We're trying to get it under control. Eventually we do. We get the pipe cleaned out. We get the pipe all replaced. Now, all of a sudden, the water can flow freely through it once more. After we confronted the problem, and we got rid of all the junk, now the water was able to flow. You know, it's amazing how this is so similar to our lives. As we confront those points of unlikeness to Christ, those hidden areas of sin, those areas that don't look a whole lot like Jesus, and we allow the light of Christ to illuminate those areas and clean them out, it's amazing how his grace starts to flow freely through our lives. It's amazing how his joy starts to flow freely. His, his hope, his peace starts to flow through our lives. And it's amazing how uh, how much of a difference it actually makes in our lives so that we can make a difference in the lives of others. This is what we need the light of Christ to do in our lives. The first step to becoming a child of light and shining his light into the world is confrontation. But the second step is just as crucial. Step number two is consecration. Consecration. Consecration, what in the world does that even mean? You know, you might be watching this. You've never even tuned into church before. You've never been to a church. I don't know. Like, what in the world does consecration mean? Maybe you know what confrontation means. You don't know what consecration means. Consecration, really simply, for the sake of this message, is just us saying yes to God. You know, we must say yes to God at those points of unlikeness in our lives. See, maybe we're confronted with the reality of 
areas of our lives not looking like Christ. If we don't say yes to Jesus coming in and illuminating with his light those areas and setting us free from sin in those areas, it's not going to make much of a difference if we if we're confronted by it. You know, God is standing on the front porch of your life, knocking to to come in and set you free from sin and struggle. But you've got to decide whether or not you're going to answer that door. Just a couple of nights ago, um, two guys from our church came over to mine and Victoria's house to drop something off for us. It was uh, Josh Legacy and Levi Pipe, two absolute legends in our church. We love those guys so much. And, you know, Josh came and he ran up to the door and he knocked on the door and uh, he was, uh, they were delivering us home-baked cookies. Now I had a decision to make. I could have answered the door or not, but if I chose not to answer the door, I wasn't getting any cookies. It's a very, very simple thing. And we know it's good to get cookies. <laughs> Can I get an amen? You know, we know this, it's so simple. We understand this concept, yet for so many of us, God is knocking on the door of your life and we're unwilling to answer the knock. But listen, sometimes I get it. To open the door is not easy. It's hard. I've been there. I've been there many times in my life because sometimes it's not that we don't want to open the door uh, to God in our lives. Sometimes it's that the door is so heavy and it's hard to do it by ourselves. You know, this is where community is so important in our lives and in our church. We're not meant to do life alone. There's been so many times where I've tried to open that door in my life, but it's just so heavy. And that's where my wife, Pastor Victoria, comes in and helps, or Pastor Brandon comes, or Pastor Emma comes and helps. And together, they help me open the door to areas of my life where God wants to and needs to move. Listen, maybe you're watching today and you need to ask somebody to help you open the door to that sin in your life. Or maybe you're watching and you need to be willing to help somebody else open the door in their lives. I don't know, but I believe that even if you can manage to crack it open, God can move and he can set you free from those points of unlikeness and you can become more like him to shine his light into a world that's filled all too often with darkness. Which leads to the third step in becoming children of light. The first thing, confrontation. Second thing, consecration. The third thing, concentration. Confrontra con confrontation, consecration, concentration. This is also a tongue twister. Say that five times fast, you'll fail every single time, okay? Concentration. What are we going to concentrate the light that lives within us on? As Christians, as children of the light, it's not that we are the source of the light to the world around us, but rather we reflect the source of the light to the world around us. And we reflect the light of Christ by concentration. You know, when we're filled with joy and peace and freedom that comes from knowing Jesus and having him live in us and having his light on the inside of us, we have to decide how we are going to concentrate that reality. Are we going to waste the joy that we have in Christ by concentrating it all on our phone screens 24-7? Uh, as mirrors reflecting the light of Christ, we need to concentrate ourselves and that light on the dark places that need illuminating in our world. Where are we directing and concentrating the light that we have in Christ? What are you concentrating your desires on? 
What are you concentrating your passions on? What are you concentrating the peace that you have from knowing Jesus? What are you concentrating that peace onto today? Are you wasting it on things that don't need it? Are you concentrating all your energy on the relentless news cycle, on hypotheticals, on what ifs? At the beginning of this sermon, we read a second passage of scripture from Matthew 5. Jesus is again teaching his people. In John, we read him saying, I am the light of the world. But in this passage of Matthew, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, church, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. Come on, the light that we have, let's not hide it under a bowl, but let's concentrate it on the darkness. Let's put it on a stand. Let's be a church that shines by helping those in need, not to the glory of the name of Slate Church, but to the glory of the name of Jesus Christ. Let's encourage others. Let's shine our light, especially in a season like this, where the world is dealing with the pandemic that is the coronavirus, when people are afraid and people are unsure and people are alone. And it feels like there is darkness in our world and there is darkness in our lives. Let us be a world that shines a concentrated blast of the light of Jesus Christ into the light of others, into the dark places of our world, into the dark places of society, into the dark places of sin that exists. Let's aim for the pain with the light of Jesus. It's going to make such a difference in our world. You know, in closing, I just want to tell you one more story today. You know, on July 16th, 1969, Apollo 11 landed on the moon. Very soon, Neil Armstrong would take the first steps on the moon and he would be followed closely behind by Buzz Aldrin. And we all know that story. Of course we do. It's, it's been recorded many times. It's been told many times. We've probably all seen the footage. But there's another story that took place just before they stepped onto the moon that unfortunately has been lost to history. See, as they were sitting there on the surface of the moon, as Buzz Aldrin was looking at the window at the tiny marble in the sky that is the planet Earth, Buzz Aldrin was about to fix his attention not on the world, not on the moon, but he was about to fix his attention on Christ. You see, be before he arrived at this moment, he knew what he was going to do to commemorate something that was so impactful and so important and so significant in his life. And he knew that he would take communion. He later wrote this of the event. He said, in an effort to remain calm and collected, I decided that this would be an excellent time for a ceremony I had planned as an expression of gratitude and hope. I settled on a well-known expression of spirituality, celebrating the first Christian communion on the moon. I wanted to do something positive for the world. So the spiritual aspect appealed greatly to me. So during those first hours on the moon, before the planned eating and rest periods, I reached into my personal preference kit and pulled out the communion elements along with a three by five card on which I had written the words of Jesus. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit for you can do nothing without me. I poured a thimble full of wine from a sealed plastic container into a small chalice and waited for the wine to settle down as it swirled in the one-sixth earth gravity of the moon. 
I silently read the Bible passage as I partook of the wafer and the wine and offered a private prayer for the task at hand and the opportunity I had been given. You know, I think it's so amazing to think that the first meal that was ever eaten on the moon, the first food that was ever consumed was communion. And I think it's an incredible thing that uh, as Aldrin took communion and he looked back at the earth, seeing everything that had ever happened, every sickness, all pain, all suffering, all sorrow, everything that was contained on that blue dot in the sky, everything that existed there, that in spite of all that pain, in spite of the suffering that exists, in the midst of COVID-19, in the midst of fear, we have a savior who has intervened in the course of human history and who has delivered us from sin and delivered us from fear and who has invited us to walk in the path of his light. Aldrin was making a declaration to the planet that in Christ there is life and that life is the light of the world and that that light still shines in the darkness. The encouragement that I have for you today, church, is simply this, shine. Shine the light of Jesus that lives within you. Reflect his light by concentrating it into the dark places of this world. The world needs you. Whoever you are tuning into this, don't discount yourself. Allow the light of God to fill you, to fill the dark places, the points of unlikeness in your life. Allow that light to overflow from within you into the dark places and the points of unlikeness to Christ in this world. It, could, it might be as simple as encouraging a neighbor. It might be as simple as loving somebody, as picking up the phone and telling somebody that you're thinking about them. I don't know what it might be, but church, as lead pastors, we want to encourage you in this season, shine, shine his light, accept his light, walk in his light and shine his light. Remember today what Jesus, what, what, what John 1 verse 5 says, that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Our world might seem like a dark place right now, but we want you to know that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not, will not, cannot, never will. It's impossible for it to overcome the light of Jesus Christ. Hey, why don't you go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. Just in closing, I wanna pray for two groups of people really quickly. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, if, if you're here today and you're tuning into this service and maybe you've never made a decision to, to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never made a decision to accept him as Lord of your life. Maybe you've never opened the door to what God wants to do in your life. He is standing on the porch of your life. He is knocking. He wants to come in. He wants to do his saving, his redeeming work. He wants to set you free. He wants to fill you with joy and with peace. Maybe you've never accepted that. Today is your day, friend. I want to invite you to accept the free gift of salvation that God is offering to you. It doesn't matter what you've done or what your past might look like. It doesn't matter whether or not you think you're good enough or you think you're worthy enough. All you have to do is say, God, I accept your free gift of salvation. You don't have to work to earn it. You don't have to uh, follow uh, all of these different things. You just have to accept this free gift of grace. And so if that's you and you say, I wanna open the door 
to God in my life right now and I wanna accept him as my Lord. This is the best decision you could ever make. Just want you in this moment, in the chat window uh, that's going on in, in this church online platform, there's an option that you can click that just says that you wanna raise your hand. I just wanna invite you to click that button right now that says, I wanna accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I make a decision right now. Go ahead and click that. Uh, it's not gonna broadcast your name to every single person watching. Go ahead and click that. And I wanna lead you in a prayer right now. So if that's you and you made that decision, let me pray for you. Jesus, I thank you for every single person who has made that decision. Father, I thank you uh, that they are willing to open the door to the work that you wanna do in their lives, to the light that you are, to shine and illuminate their path forward. Father, I just pray in this moment that as they make this incredible decision, that you would fill them with your light, that you would fill them with your peace, and that you would fill them with your goodness. In your mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, hey, that is the best decision that you could ever make. In just a minute, Pastor Brandon's going to come back. He's going to give you some more info as to how you can take a new step forward. But just before he comes back, I want to pray for one more group of people. I want to pray for anybody right now. And you know that you, you can and you need to shine the light of Christ brighter in your life and through your life to the world around you. If you're here today and you're watching and you say, I want to shine the light of Jesus, I just want to pray for you. Uh, just a prayer of encouragement as we go about that in our world right now. Whatever you might be facing, however dark your life might seem right now, however dark the situation is, I believe that Jesus wants to illuminate your life, illuminate your purpose, illuminate the path forward for you in this moment. If that's you, would you just symbolically, right wherever you are, at home, watching this on your screen, your TV, would you just stretch out a hand forward right now as I pray for you? Father, I thank you so much for every single person with a hand raised. Jesus, I just pray that you would fill them with your light. Jesus, that the, the path forward would be illuminated, that every dark fear, every worry, every darkness of, of uncertainty in their life in this moment would be illuminated by your light. And Jesus, that the way forward would be apparent, it would be obvious, that they would be filled with the light of peace in this moment, with the light of passion, with the light of desire, Jesus, that they would be filled with a light to encourage others, to speak your name to others in this time. Jesus, that, that everywhere they go, Jesus, that people would see them and that they would see your light living and at work within them. Jesus, that they would be sources of illumination on every Zoom call they're on with work this week. Jesus, that for every single person who's going into work, that in their, their place of work, whatever office space, warehouse space, factory space, uh, laboratory space, wherever they might find them, themselves, that your light would be a defining factor of their life in this season, that people would be drawn to that light, and Jesus, that you would be glorified because of it. We thank you and we praise you. And everybody said, amen. Have a blessed week, church. We love you. Hey, if you just made a decision to follow Jesus, that is the most important decision you could ever make in your entire life. What we're going through right now as a world is temporary. We know that we live as eternal beings and where we spend that eternity is really important. And you know what? You just made a decision. That means you don't just get to experience this Sunday today. You get to experience the presence of God for the rest of your eternity, not just your life. And so an important next step for you to take is actually 
actually to fill out an online connect card of all places. We've been mentioning it a few times. Go to slatechurch.com and fill out a connect card at the bottom. Let us know that you made a decision to follow Jesus. There's just a little checkbox that you can check that lets us know that so that we can get you all the resources and support you need on this new journey of faith. Another thing you could do is uh, request prayer. If you're in our, uh, if you're watching live right now, you, you can request prayer right now and uh, somebody will pray with you right now. That's just an incredible thing that we get to make use of uh, with this new platform that we're using. So make sure you're doing that. With all this exciting stuff, there's a lot of people that have joined us um, through this online season. You're probably wondering, how can I get involved during the season? Or uh, is there a way to connect even deeper during the season? A great way to do that if you haven't been to uh, something we called Next Steps, what an original title. What is my next step if I'm wondering? Go to Next Steps. Immediately following this service, uh, we have, if you're watching live, we have a Next Steps component. It's an online Zoom call. It's not gonna take long. Nobody's gonna sign you up for anything weird, but it has an it's an opportunity for you to get your questions answered, meet a few of our leaders um, that you know exist outside of the ones that have appeared in front of you today, and also to just hear a little bit more about the vision of where we're headed as a church. And so again, that's 10 minutes or less, but we'd love to invite you to our next steps uh, session. And you can actually find the link right now, uh, either in the description or uh, you can find it uh, in the comment section right now. So make sure you're doing that. We would love uh, to connect with you. Hey, if you're impacted by the story uh, earlier or you're being impacted by just the story of God right now in this season, we would love to hear your story. You can email my story at slatechurch.com. We'd love to hear for, from you. We intend on sharing more stories of what God is doing through and in our church during the season. Uh, we'd love to connect with you. Church, it's been a great Sunday. We don't just exist on Sundays. Make sure you're leaning in, make sure you're being the church, and make sure you're telling other people about the story of Jesus in your own life. We're so glad to see you. A reminder that in just a second, Slate Church Kids information is coming up, and I know my kids are uh, enjoying all the content that's coming up for them and the community that is happening. Make sure you stay tuned to that. Otherwise, we'll see you next week or at some point during this week. Love you.